0: Audio.
1: Hello, Setlist listeners. It's me, Jeff. This is a special day. This is a special episode because um, I have a very, very special guest. All the guests have been special, but I'm going to explain in a minute why today's guest is special. um, Because my guest is actually going to be hosting this episode, and I am going to be in the guest's chair. Um, So if that wasn't confusing enough... <laughs> um yeah so without further ado my guest is Brian Shamey. What's up Brian? Hey Jeff how you doing? <laughs> I'm Welcome so to Setlist
0: with Brian. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this was uh this was like um this was like Andy, uh, Andy's idea. Um, so you listeners out there, you know that Setlist is an Aux Audio production all run by the great Andy King. And Andy was like, hey, I think it'd be really cool for the season finale of episode one.
0: To have Brian Shamey come on and interview you, and I was like, "That's amazing!" So here we are, we're making it happen. I think I think it's fantastic. I I, I want to thank you for the shout-outs throughout the season too. Like you, you've you mentioned come up me, lot. you've mentioned Soundcheck, and it's like, oh yeah, it's an honor to be on it. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Tell our listeners, like, what, what uh, yeah. You do. So so my main job, I am a local music writer, and I, I work for the entertainment section at the Daily Herald newspaper. Um, but I've been focusing the last few years more on local music. Um, I've had a chance to interview some, some national artists, but like the meat of it is really just the Chicago scene, yeah. the Chicago and suburban, like up and coming bands, trying to get like bands like Violet Crime in the spotlight, you know, mm. just in case people don't know who you are. I think at this point, most people do, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I talk about you guys a lot. Cool. <laughs> we talk about you here a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, so it works, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's trying to like weed out, um, the talent from, you know, just, I don't want to say the noise, but like, there's just so much yeah. out there. And I think it's daunting for people to, to try to f- explore and, and find their own music. Um, so if I can just kind of put stuff right in front of them mm-hmm. and all you have to do is read a story or hit play on a playlist. Well, like, it's outlets like yours that I think people turn to, to find their Yeah, I hope music. so. Like, I, I, I definitely hope that, uh, that it's doing some good, you know, um, I've had a lot of bands reach out to me it's like, Great, let's let's get you in front of people. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, do you remember uh, our early interactions? What do you what do you remember about about those? Okay,
0: so you you know what's actually kind of funny. I <laughs> I, I think I know what you're going to talk about. Okay, but I have history with with you that you don't even know about. Probably okay. Um, a band that you were in before Violet Crime mm-hmm. uh, had released some new music back in I think it was 2018, and yes. there was one song in particular in particular where there was like beautiful harmony going on it was kind of a little bit of a theatrical kind of a song yeah and anybody who knows me like because of my history with I, like i was a theater minor and stuff so any band that can tie stuff like that into it bring harmonies into it like i'm hooked and i remember asking like who's singing the harmonies and, and then i found out it was you, you know, it was and, and i was like well, i don't know who that is but what's funny is like, i was looking at the the press photos and um for Homegrown Fest, I think it was, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, we did that that year." Oh, that guy, yeah. yeah, he's 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 kind of intimidating. He's kind of a like kind of a badass. <laughs> nice. A certain... Glad I give it's off like... that impression. Yeah. Well, you know, four yeah. years <laughs> ago you did. Sure, sure. <laughs> now I know you. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, and then then I'm not exactly sure how Violet Crime kind of fell on my radar, but I was hooked right away. I just remember, I mean, when you were writing about my other
1: band, I came. To know who you were, um, but I wasn't quite sure of the ex- of the extent of like of the musical community that you were fostering, um, which has obviously grown now over the past right. two yeah, years. Yeah, I like, mean at that sh- point, like, was Soundcheck just... was a brand new thing, like early 2019, mm-hmm. right? So, so I think when when Soundcheck started, um, I remember, uh, yeah, you and I having like a long phone call <laughs> where we basically right. shared. We we heard about your goals and what you were trying to do, and then we kind of shared. Violet Crime shared our uh, what we were working on, and then we worked together. and I think we were your featured artist for for one point that year. It was March, I think, of twenty nineteen. I think, yeah, yeah. Seems like, yeah. I mean, that was three years ago. I know it feels like like
0: forever ago. (laughs)
1: Um, And then, and I mean, Chicago Soundcheck has been has been a huge part of our growth as a band and your your write-ups that you've done for us in the Herald have been huge I know my mom always gets excited uh when her friends drop off the clippings in the in the mailbox you know (laughs) and uh yeah I mean we even went so far as to February of 2020 um we kind of did like a soundcheck sponsored Mm -hmm. show uh at the Beat Kitchen and and that was that was amazing yeah that was one of the greatest nights of my life (laughs) well you sold out Beat Kitchen we did We sure did. With with the Weekend weekend Run Club, Club, August Hotel, and Splits. August Hotel, yeah. Um, Such a great night. All artists. I haven't had Mitchell yet. On the podcast from Weekend Run Club, but he's queued up for next season. Already got it okay. worked out, Good. and then so I've get had him on the lineup, no, man. Yeah. Come on. and I've had both Dean and Eva from August Hotel, and I've had both Claire and Taylor from Splits. So um, I know I've said it a
0: thousand times, but this podcast is just where I have my friends on to hang out. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting as a listener though is like you have introduced me to a lot of not only new music but a lot of artists I didn't know. Mm. I mean, I knew through the set list. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Also, like, people you've had on. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, I knew Jackie, and I knew, you know, Dean and Taylor and everything, but, like, I didn't really know Clara that well. Mm. And uh, I I knew Eva, Mm -hmm. but, um, and then some of the other ones that you've had on, I had no idea. Nice. So, it was like, oh, cool. I got to check these people out. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, then they're talking about these artists that, like, I've never heard of, so... Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Should we get into my set I list? I was going to say, fortunately, your set list is made up of people I've mostly heard of. Cool. So. And I'm going to pull it up. I remember
1: my set list, but uh, I, I'm, it's just going to help to look at. So, um, hmm, where'd it go? There it is. All right. So,
0: this is where you ask me what my first song is. Okay. So, Jeff. <laughs> So I, you know, when you first sent me your playlist, I I got really excited because, like I said, I knew most of the artists on mm. it. Um, I actually knew a lot of the songs on it. So, um, and I went in and I listened. And I was like, "This is this is perfect. It's a great set list." Um, we're gonna talk about why after. Okay. I have some questions for you. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's really exciting music. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff,
1: what was your first song? My opener, my set list opener is Anthem Part Two by Blink-182 from Take Off Your Pants and Jacket from 2001, I think, that record came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I picked that song because I believe it is the first song on that album. That's not why I have it as an opener. But I just think, like, it's a good opening song. Like, the way it's... It's very, like, whoa! like uh And, and also, like, the, the conceit of my set list is sort of, like my musical journey and Blink-182 was a big part of my like teenage years. Even though like I was not a teenager when this album came out, I remember being in high school and that's when I had like my pop punk phase and uh, like Blink-182, obviously for anybody who listens to pop punk, they are like the gold standard, oh, yeah. I think, you know, across, you know, there's a couple bands like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just their whole like image, their sound was so pure and i just fell in love with blink 182 all of their records i just thought were so good and like i uh i was also a big fan of like i actually really got into angels and airwaves first oh, right. tom delong's oh. other uh Which you know i knew it came later yeah. right right and i knew blink 182 everybody knew all the small things but like i remember getting into angels and airwaves like in er, you know, my early teens and that kind of sent me back to Blink 182. And that's when I did like my Blink
0: deep deep dive. And this was the first Blink CD. Yeah. I you know, because that's something I was going to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you, like, what was your uh, entry point into Blink 182? Because for me, it was Dude Ranch. I w- yeah. You know, no. The, the, right before Enema. But right, right before Enema, before yeah. Before it really went mainstream. And um, it was like, it was perfect. It was like everything for me that, like, a 21 year old fresh Ranch, out of college, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of. I don't know, it had that punk sensibility, but it was humorous, it was funny and lighthearted, and mm-hmm. it, there was a song about Princess Leia on it, like, what the hell, you know, yeah. like, how do you not love that? They're goofy. And then they became super popular, and it was yes. like, oh,
1: even better. I mean, they were, like, international superstars. Oh, yeah.
0: too. <laughs> yeah. So, how about you? Like, how did you first get into them?
1: I, so, like, I was into pop punk before I was into Blink-182, and I thought Blink-182 was just, like, this crude skater punk. And that was just my incorrect perception without having a deep dive. And I remember I had a... a, crude right. Yeah, they were. (laughs) And like, they were. But they also had a lot of really heartfelt... Oh, absolutely. You know, like, um, even their early stuff, like on Enema of the State, there's like, you know, Adam's song is like this really deep, you know. So like, um, but yeah, I had a friend who I was on high school drumline with, who was a really big Blink fan. And he would like give me rides to marching band things okay. in high school before I could drive. And he was always listening to Blink-182 and I was like, Oh, this stuff is like pretty good. I think the, the song that I heard that really like made me like dive in was, um, the rock show. Oh yeah. Uh, well, in love yeah. With the girl on the rock show. And I was like, Oh cool. This is Blink-182. Sweet. Oh, yeah. So that was my kind of like, that's what hooked me. And then I was just, I was in it. So yeah, it's, it's such, it
0: was really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't listen to it as much anymore, but, Mm -hmm. uh, it had its time. Oh, kind of, but no, but actually like going back and because of the, the playlist, Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember. Okay. I got to listen to this. I got to listen to this. So like, I'm, I'm going back and revisiting and it's still, you know, it still is a lot of fun. Yeah. I Um, have a controversial opinion. Okay. I
1: don't think there's a Blink-182 without Tom DeLonge. I have not really given their new records a chance without him because I feel like he is so iconic to who they yeah, are. I don't I, know. I don't know if you disagree. No,
0: you know what? I can't. I can't really speak intelligently to that. Mm. Um, like I feel like I agree. Matt is. I mean, he's a local guy. Like, yeah, you gotta love him. A Chicago guy. Yeah, yeah but um, I, 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 I at the point where he kind of took over, like I was already kind of out of that phase. Sure. You know, I wasn't really listening to it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, I haven't listened to a lot of the new stuff. Mm-hmm. I listened to... They had a comeback
1: album. I think it was Neighborhoods. Right. And that was the album, I think, before DeLong officially left the band and the band continued without him. And I thought that record was good. But, yeah, I never really gave anything a chance past Man, that. You're going to get some
0: phone calls.
1: Hey, that's okay. <laughs> I'm here to ruffle some feathers, so... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my opener. I just feel like Anthem Part 2 is... Like, really, it's not one of their, like, more, you know, it's not one of their hits, right, I don't think, yeah. but I think it exemplifies their sound really well. It it, it portrays their kind of, like, rebellious, mm-hmm. the song's about, like, a, like, a like I don't know, it's just, like, well, a very, like, kind of, uh, like, uh, like, a uh, irreverent song. Like, right. It's, like, elevated teen
0: angst. Yes. In a sense. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You know, okay, so this is why it's a perfect, um, opener though, but like I, I listen to music and, and I know this is going to sound weird, but like very visually in a sense, like mm-hmm. when I'm listening to a song, I can picture what's happening on stage or I can picture how, make sure you keep this, uh, oh yeah, feel free to pull it. Yeah. Pull it a little closer. How the song you is gotta playing get out opened, like, like, <laughs> like in a music video or something. Yeah, and yeah. like you said, the opener and then the guitar and then and I'm picturing like a dark stage. And then as the drum beats are hitting, lights are flashing and then it goes back to black. Mm-hmm and then more lights again and then back to black and then it just explodes with <laughs> kind of like energy yeah. yeah oh man totally yeah you yeah, can so feel it's it it's
1: like it's perfect yeah mm-hmm. cool i'm glad i'm glad i oh, struck yeah. that and chord it's like with you. you know
0: it's it, i like to revisit my teen angst every once in a while but it's like you have to a little bit more um i want to say like global in a sense too because i mean you know it talks about like earth is dying mm-hmm. and like politics and like I mean, who knew that? Like twenty years later, we'd be on this like dumpster fire of of politics. The world. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You're so, right. So yeah, it's it's. I think it's still relevant. Yeah, it is totally. Um, can we move on? Shall we move Absolutely, on? Absolutely. Yeah. So song number two.
1: Yeah, I went with. Um, so, like, I was kind of thinking about like how a lot of my guests' set lists have gone, and a lot of you know some of them have in terms of, like, the live energy have gone from, like, these big openers to even bigger second songs, or big openers into, like, kind of a more chill second song. Or, like, like I just had Taylor on, and Taylor's set list was, like, actually a steady build, like, kind of started really chill and then build. I chose the song I Wanna Be The One by Fun from their first album, uh, Aim and Ignite, um, because I'm a big fan of the big rambunctious opener followed mm-hmm. by kind of like a more chill sing along second song to like really right. welcome the crowd. I feel like your opener is your moment to like, just like to connect with the crowd, but not address the crowd. And then song number two is when you kind of are like, okay, here I am. Like, you know, you <laughs> kind of like start to, that's how I like to make live set lists at least. So like, this uh, is where the fun is. Yes. And I guess no pun intended. Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and also like, I feel like fun was one of those bands, they were one of my first stepping stones out of my pop punk phase. Um, And obviously, everybody knows fun for We Are Young and Some Nights Mm -hmm. and uh, Carry On and like those big radio hits. But um, when they started getting big on the radio, this was like, it was like maybe my senior year of high school. I just went back and just looked at like their early stuff just to see like they i saw they had an album from 2009 and it's totally different like some nights is kind of this like very like new york city kind of radio pop it's very good but aim and ignite the first album is it's so hard to describe so i just go with the wikipedia definition which is baroque pop oh, like yeah. like oh. example of, of, of the baroque era of me it's very orchestral yes like, yeah yeah that so, is perfect and i was you know I was in concert band and marching band, so I, like, definitely have an ear for that stuff. And I thought it
0: was so cool how they made a pop record with those elements. Wow. Yeah, right? Isn't yeah, that cool? Yeah, because one of, one of the things that I loved about it, and, and you know, I was jotting this down when I was listening to it, is, like, it starts off with a piano. Mm-hmm. You get a piano in there, in a rock song, and I'm, I'm in, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but... Also, like halfway through, there's that whole like orchestral break. I think there was a harpsichord in there yes, at there one point. Yes, I, ni- I didn't. Good think, ear. Yeah, I didn't think <laughs> baroque, but like that is like that's the perfect definition. I love
1: it. That is literally like if that. you look at Wikipedia for this album, it says "Aim and Ignite" is the 2009 baroque pop oh, album man. from Band Fun. Yeah, so and then also. So yeah, like this song is relatively energetic, but it's not Anthem Part 2. It's like a little bit of a pullback and it's very like uplifting and it's like a love song. Uh, And I, Nate Ruiz from Fun, uh, formerly The Format, uh, he was in a band called The Format. And he's like just a big vocal influence of mine. I love the way he sings. Yes, he is. I love (laughs) his like, not just like his like, like I love just. The anatomy of his voice um and i've always thought he employed it in a really cool way like he kind of has this at least like the newer fun stuff had like kind of this like gospel uh, almost feel to the way he sang and um yeah i think this this song and this album and this band kind of opened some musical doors for me um, in terms of like because these were, er, this was early in my. I was still a budding songwriter, <laughs> and I don't know. There was just something about fun and Nate Ruiz that just showed me a lot
0: of what I didn't know could be done. Oh yeah, I so, could see that. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking between this song and, and the next song, like there. 100% your influences mm-hmm. like that is where your sound came from totally. I feel like this song uh influences Violet Crime as a band more so um has a little bit of that a lot of harmonies to it like that kind of that boppy feel to some of the songs mm-hmm. uh, but this one like it's just it's happy yes yeah. I don't want to say pleasant but like it is yeah like, it's you yeah, know yeah. There's, there's joyful trumpets in there and you know I, I love it mm-hmm. I um, was not familiar with this song. With "I uh, Want to Be the
1: One," yeah, yeah. yeah. If you it if won. you have the time, I, I would really recommend playing this album front to back. It's okay. so good. It's it's a it's a non skipper, as I say. Like you can <laughs> let, there's no songs that I'm like, oh, I'll skip that. No, the whole thing is just gold. No, this this was a great one, and and I thank you for introducing me to it. Yeah, man. Um, I saw Fun live. Never saw Blink-182 live, but I saw Fun live in 2012 at Elmhurst College. It was their Some Nights Tour. And this was like right after they had their first SNL appearance. Okay. Okay. And as that, you know, your SNL appearance is like a huge milestone as a band. Oh, yeah. So to see them in that point in their careers, um, oh, my God. It was so magical. Um, <laughs> and they were a three-piece band. Obviously, they had like a lot of tracks and stuff, mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff like, you know, backing them up. But like, the three of them together. And then also, not to mention, I had no idea I was in the presence of greatness because Jack Antonoff from Bleachers Mm -hmm. was in fun. So, like, I guess I never even really thought about that until now, that, like, in that moment, I was seeing Jack Antonoff, the producer of Melodrama, in 1989, (laughs) in the Elmhurst College gym. (laughs) 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 uh, So it's it's cool to harken back to that. But, yeah, man, fun was, like, a huge part of my of my musical development. And I listened to this album on the drive out to the Burbs today for a five-year-old's birthday. I went to, so
0: So you're still revisiting it,
1: you know? Oh, all the time. I would say like once or twice a year, I will go back and listen to both these records. And like, that's all I need is just to like, just to remember, you know, kind of change your mood a little bit. Um, yeah. Fun will definitely reliably make me feel better. If I need to feel better. Yeah. Music's yeah. pretty magical that way. It
0: is. It is. So you hinted at my next song. I did. So your next song. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not listened to the song in, in quite some time. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I am really glad that I got a chance to go back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. What is your next song? Sunday Morning by Maroon 5. Yeah. Which
1: is, might, I don't know, shock some people. I, I picked this song... I thought it was a good, again, I think like the middle of your set list should be kind of chill. And this also, my introduction, okay, obviously Maroon 5 was all over the radio when I was a kid, but that's all they were to me. And I remember being in college, I was a junior. And I was hanging out with Kevin Nagel, our drummer, the drummer from Violet Crime, or who would become the drummer of Violet Crime. Um, and uh, like we, you know, we were, we've been close for a long time, all the way back through college. And he was um, the first real good friend I met that like, our preferred activity was to just hang out and listen to music. And he always had really cool playlists. And he introduced me to a lot of music and like reminded me of a lot of music. And I remember one day we were hanging out and this song came on and I was like, what? Is this Maroon 5? He was like, <laughs> yeah, man. you never listened to songs about Jane. This is from songs about Jane. Like their big, you know, yeah. big blow up album. Like 2002. 2001, 2002 or something. Yeah. yeah. Like early on um, had all their big, you know, first hits on it. And the way it's not a jazz song, but there's so much jazz in it. And I, my ears just latched to to that, Mm -hmm. like the voicings on the piano, to the style of the drums, to, and then like just the way Adam Levine sings this song, I was like, I didn't know Maroon 5 like made music like this at any (laughs) point. And um, I do think like, I mean, you know, yeah, like jazz and elements of jazz has been a big part of Violet Crime's sound and influence. Um, But I also think, like, this song was an important time in my life because it was, again, it was, like, an expansion into, like, different kinds of music. Like, I feel like this is what gave me a taste for, like, kind of retro-sounding, like, soul and funk and jazzy sounding music, which now I make. Um, So, and it's also very special because, like, this was... This, this was kind of early on in my friendship with Kevin, who's, like, my best friend now. I'm going to be his best man this summer. Like, we could not – we were in a band together. Thank you. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> like, we could not be closer. And I feel like this song, among a few others, we're just, like, kind of, like, I think about him
0: when I, when I hear this
1: song. That's really so, special.
0: Yeah. 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 It, it, it's funny because, like, going back and listening to this um, – I remember, like, I had put this on a burned it on a CD, yep. you know, back when it was popular, yeah, and yeah. then, you know, then there was all that Maroon Five backlash and, like, yeah, you when know, they kind of sold out, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, people were like, "Uh, who listens to Maroon 5? And it was like, "Yeah, okay, I guess I don't I'm really." At a <laughs> trying <and> con- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like as soon as it came up on the radio or on the radio in <laughs> in the, the setlist, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, I was like. Okay yeah this is definitely where, like where Jeff came from. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I mean not 100% but like it's you can see your influence for sure. Sure. Yeah, I um, Cuz it does have that like the way he sings. It's got mm-hmm. the soul, man. Seriously.
1: I uh, so now getting into like the de- the musical details. This song um, is most of it most of the song is a, a 251 progression. Am I am I am I speaking foreign language it's yet? Okay. Yeah, Go okay. Ahead. So like there's this is a very common jazz chord progression to play okay. the minor two, the dominant five, and then back to the one major seven. Like you can find that in jazz standards just across the board. And I remember like looking up the chords for this song, and I was like, Oh, that's why it sounds jazzy, because it's using okay. this like classic jazz um, device mm. in a pop song. And um, it's something I've always tried to employ. There's no, I don't think there's any White, Violet Crime songs that quite use that. We did have a song that we wrote and recorded and never released that does that same thing. And I think if I played it for you, you'd totally hear it. So, yeah, <laughs> um, you would hear you would hear Sunday morning in it. But yeah, even down to like those musical details, just above the like the impression you get from hearing the song, like the two five one is a is a elementary jazz thing and uh i was like oh you can use jazzy things in pop music to sound to sound good (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and then this sent me back to listening through songs about jane which is just a is an iconic record right like oh yeah it really was at the time too Mm -hmm. because what else was on this was this had uh uh I don't know how I got so is it shameless? What's the song called? Oh, shameful. God, no, now you uh, The look things it up. I've done are far too shameful. Wanna know, do you want to know? Do you want to hear you, you know, yeah, like yeah, no, else I, was on that uh, album? Uh um but I just like oh wasn't she will be loved? Was she will be loved on this album I or was that the next one? She,
0: I think it was. Yeah. Let's see. I got it over here, too. You album. I'm not on your (laughs) Wi-Fi.
1: Harder to Breathe, This Love. Okay, Harder to Breathe, yeah. Yeah. Tangled. Tangled is the name, not shameful. Yeah, Yeah, Sunday Morning's on here. Um, Yeah, like, I mean, This Love and She Will Be Loved, we're just like, everybody knows
0: those songs, so. Yeah, so Maroon 5, Sunday Morning, that was my. It's an excellent choice, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, wouldn't have thought thought about that um, listening to Violet Crime, but listening to this after Violet Crime, I definitely see it. Mm-hmm. And it was a cool way to just sort of, like, introduce a different groove into the set list. Yes. Yeah, we started so. with we started with
1: <laughs> SoCal pop punk, and now we've made our way to uh, to uh, jazzy pop music from the early 2000s. So, um, yeah, did you, um, well, it's interesting you say that, that, like, you, didn't, you wouldn't have thought this was a, a, an influence for me as a musician, but then you heard it and you're like, oh, I get it. Oh, I felt the same 100%. way specifically about um, I, when I had um, Nick Sintos from The Flips on the mm-hmm. show. I think he was my most recent guest. Um, I Shortly after um, his episode, I then went to his show a few days later and heard his band live for the first time and was like, oh... I get it. Like I I heard your set list and then I heard your band play and I was like, oh, I totally get it. It's (laughs) funny that you're hearing that in this too. Um, So, song four? Are you ready? I can't believe we're already on number four. Um, But we are. This one is sappy. There's a sappy story behind this one. Okay. Um, So, my fourth song is uh, Wood That I by Hosier from his second studio album wasteland baby from 2019 i am when take me to church came out in like 2012 or whatever it was i was immediately hooked and that first, that self-titled album is one of my favorite records of all time um and uh so much that this this was also another artist that kevin and i really bonded over that we like got into together and um And I mean, he, I mean, there was like five or six years between albums for Hosier, uh, which is like a long time to wait for an artist who puts out a record that you really like. Um, But yeah, I, I, there's just no artist quite like him out there. And it's because of his, it's because of the unique mix of influences. So he's Irish. Um, and, and if you listen to Hosier, I think this song shows it a little bit. Some of his other songs, even more so, you can totally hear that kind of traditional Irish, the way the melodies are constructed, the kinds of instruments he uses, the way he uses the instruments, the way he sings, sometimes the way he like articulates, you can like hear his Irish accent a little bit. Um, but he's also like grew up on... American rock and roll and like you can totally hear in some of his other songs that there's like totally just like American blues and rock and roll in it and when you combine this like traditional Irish thing with American rock and roll you get hosier it's the sound that you just don't ever hear Um, so yeah very influential for me Um, especially his this song is like I feel like the pinnacle of his um, metaphorical lyricism. Yes, I don't know if you how much you looked at the lyrics, but it's wood that I wood, would w o u l d. But um, it's kind of a, a homophone for wood, as in like a tree. Right, and the song is kind of about. He's like, he's kind of like comparing like uh, his lover to like a tree. Um, And the extended metaphor is just mind blowing. And like all opposed your songs are like that, but this one is specifically. Yeah. I'm curious, like what you thought of this. Well, Yeah.
0: I mean, I was, I was digging around a little bit. um, Spent some time with the lyrics and it's, I think what struck me is his, um, his like idealization or like the idolizing of like Mm. that sense of love Mm -hmm. in it. Um, Like it's almost like a divine... Heavenly thing, which it, when you think back to take me to church, mm-hmm. it's sort of the same idea. Like yes. there's a through line between these two songs. Totally. Um, but what uh, what I also thought was kind of interesting is like he says there's a line in there. Uh, oh, what did he say? I've handled the wood, but I still worship the flame. Mm-hmm. And it's that like the that world. balance between like humanity and then the divine. which he yeah. has got chills. I, I that, that, it Yeah. Was, you know, I thought <laughs> that was kind of. I don't know. I just <laughs> thought it was neat. You know, but also talking about like your hand of gold, it's like that whole idolization idea. Yes. So Um, like that's my take on the metaphor. But what were you thinking?
1: I mean, no, you you hit it all. Like just in general, the way he writes lyrics and the way the metaphors extend, I think, are just like really fascinating. And it's like, how did you come up (laughs) with that? Um, Hosier is also really special to me for another reason and it's about that lady that just left when you got here (laughs) so my girlfriend becca and i we met um going to a hosier concert together so she um is high school friends with uh, kevin's fiance um so they've known each other a long time and a few years ago uh you know we were big Hosier fans, he was playing up in Madison, We're like, oh, let's go. And Shannon was like, I'm bringing my, my friend Becca from high school, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, and uh, we are in the car, driving up, and we all listen to Hosier the whole way. I find out that she loves Hosier. She's Irish, and okay. she loves, like, that background. And the whole drive up, we're just, like, talking about Hosier, and, like, she had just so many thoughts about his music and him as an artist that like I had, I had not had anyone to bond (laughs) over with before. And it was just like, this is so cool. Um, and I mean, I gotta tell you, like it was, I was very into her immediately. (laughs) Uh, and I I knew, knew I liked her a lot. And we, and we started dating very shortly after that. And, um, our, our love for Hosier, um, was definitely like a bonding point for us and when we got to the concert i can remember right before the show started uh like right after the opening act i was like hey like do you need a beer let's go get a beer together and uh so like that was my my moment to kind of like get her by herself and just like kind of get some one-on-one time too Smooth. and uh <laughs> and i can remember we got our beers and we were walking back to our friends and this was the first song that he played at that oh, concert
0: oh Oh, I feel that.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. um, And then, like, you know, this song isn't quite, like, a love song. It's a little more tragic. Um, But the chorus has those, I hope that you're good to me. Oh, You're good to me. Like, I think that's just, like... Um this is just like really beautiful and I just think about her when I listen to this song. That's
0: so. so great. I love that story. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also some other funny stories. Uh, I mean so you got to meet her a little bit. You you learned that she's um she's she's very goofy. That's why oh, yeah. that's why yeah. I love her. And I and I I can remember um we were driving so like I said this this concert was in Madison, Wisconsin. And um <laughs> we're driving up and I, I had, like, a big SUV at the time, so I took, like, seven other people. I had, like, a packed car. And she was in the back row, and we passed a Culver's. And she goes, road curds! Pull over! Pull over! This girl that I don't know yet is, like, telling me to pull over so we can go through the drive-through get cheese curds. <laughs> for the car. She calls them road curds. And I was like, you know what? yeah <laughs> so that's like a, you know a big thing about uh, about the beginning of our relationship is how she was hollering at me from the backseat of my Honda Pilot to pull over and <laughs> get road curds for the, for the rest of the Hosier and cheese drive. Hosier and cheese curds <laughs> bringing yeah. people together yeah uh, and the opener for this show that we saw Hosier uh, there was an opening band called Balin I don't know if you ever heard of Balin but they were this really have, cool no. like Americana trio they're all siblings um, and uh not not quite as big as hosier but really cool band they are so far sounds um alum there they still oh, okay. do they still do so far sounds like tours and stuff so um yeah but would that i by hosier it's a long song i think it's like a five minute or maybe uh but it's just but so it, you know what it keeps you hooked though, through it the whole thing it deserves every second that it's four and a half minutes so not too long but like longer than you know a pop song maybe should be but um i thought
0: you were gonna say blink
1: 182 was the
0: opener <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, weird. Um, yeah, man. So that's why I picked this song because I think it is a good. I think it kind of brings the energy back up. We're getting towards the end of the set list, uh, but it's and, also kind
0: of like the the lighter song. Mm-hmm. You know, you you pull mm-hmm. out the cigarette lighters and everyone's like, yeah. "Yes, totally and like that." Totally hugging like your that. neighbor and you know, you know uh, how it goes. And then it
1: also something else that's really interesting here is uh, is I. Um, So, you know, I did like a little solo project last summer. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, And I released a song called Sing Something. uh, Sing, parentheses, something new. Uh, Yeah, it was your second release, It was the second. Yeah. A second of two songs that I put out. (laughs) And uh, it was kind of like a folky Americana song. Mm -hmm. and, um, And I wrote it for Becca. And the percussion profile of the song, I totally ripped from... Would That I by Hosier. Uh, Not like in a plagiaristic way, but just like the way that he there's a lot of like auxiliary, you know, tambourine and like clicky things. Like, I was, (laughs) I really like the way that this song uses percussion. And I was like, oh, I might as well. Kind of use that in this song I'm writing about this person I love, yeah. who Hosier was our, you know, our kind of oh, initial. Man, that leader. is
0: so perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's uh, she she will listen to this. I I, I did tell her that this <laughs> song was on uh, on on my set list, and and
0: uh, yeah, so so she understands the significance. Oh yeah, yeah, she gets it. Good, she gets it. She's
1: like, you know, it's not really like that sweet of a love song, and I'm like, but it's I I heard it the first time I met you, and I love you, so. <laughs> <laughs> therefore <laughs>
0: yeah. ergo
1: so, so yeah i hope you i hope you uh dive into hosier a little bit uh it's definitely worth. yeah
0: because you know he was he was one of those artists like take me to church <laughs> obviously everybody loved that song um then i saw him at Lollapalooza in 2019 oh yeah we were there we were shooting it and i was like oh and it was one of the shows we couldn't get into shoots so we were just kind of like hanging out, hanging out off on the side and i was like I, I like this guy a whole lot more than I ever thought that I did. So He's really tall. Oh, yeah. He's he like 6'6 <laughs> or
1: something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very cool artist. I would love to see him again. Oh, come on, Jeff. <laughs> my alarm on my phone just went off. Um, that's funny. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, my God. Are we
0: nearing the end? We are. This is your last song. And I'm super curious why you picked this one. <laughs> Okay.
1: My set list closer is, I think this song is one of, I think this is a perfect song. Uh, And it's Atlantic City by The Band, which is a Bruce Springsteen cover. So this is originally a Bruce song. Um, And maybe I like this version better because I heard it first, but I think it's, I think it's a relatively commonly held opinion that the band kind of did it better than Bruce. Oh, you look like you disagree. No, I (laughs) I don't disagree. No, you talk. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, kind of where I'm at now in my journey as a person who loves music and makes music is I've really just started to find my appreciation for artists from like the 60s and 70s like in the past few years i've gotten really into the beach boys and led zeppelin and the band and um the doors and janice Jop. you know just like like yeah. i never had an affinity except for the beach boys i did like the beach boys as a kid but otherwise i never really had like an affinity for that kind of music and um I was actually really debating whether or not this would be my opener or closer, but I kind of wanted the set list to sort of be part of my life narrative too, and it kind of made sense to like put it last because this is kind of where I'm at. But I, yeah, I've just recently discovered the band, um, uh, and I mean, you know, I like was obviously like aware of the band and their in their hits, but like so never is, intentionally took. Okay. What you
0: say? This is the same the band.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of like who did like I, the Wait... And like a right boom, okay because okay. yeah, yeah I was
0: listening to it I was like I'm not sure yeah
1: but yeah and okay. it sounds yeah. different because this was actually they released this um, in the 90s mm-hmm. when after they had gotten back together after after breaking up for a while. And I think one member did not rejoin, um, and they released this like bang and cover of Atlantic City that I think in some ways is like more popular even than, oh, yeah. than the than the than the original. Uh, but yeah, this is the band Levon Helm, um, and yeah, I this song is like it's obviously it's about just like Atlantic City and like just kind of like some shit that went on there mm-hmm. in history. Um, but I think it's even greater it's like cause the, the 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 verses of the song talk about just like some just like shit that goes on in this in this city <laughs> and like and like kind of like the struggles of like being an everyday person and like you know uh there's trouble bussing in from out of state and the DA can't get in no on relief. Like and then the chorus has this very resolute line of everything dies that's a fact but maybe everything that dies someday comes back and then he says put your makeup on Put fix your hair up pretty and meet me tonight in Atlantic City and I think it's just such a cool way of saying like life can be so crazy and we're all gonna have like trials and 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 bad things unfortunately are going to happen to everybody but we have to accept it and live and enjoy our lives no matter what. And I don't know if that's exactly what, what Springsteen was saying (laughs) when he wrote this song, but that's what I, I think it's just as important like what you take away from a song. Um, And that, yeah, that that's, I, I just love Atlantic city by the band so much. I know every word to it. Uh, And I hope I get to cover it live one day. (laughs) And, and also I think the song is cool because it, it's, again, I'm going to get back to like songwriting specific. So like the, the form of this song is a little obscure because like your average cookie cutter pop song, there's like a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, a bridge, and then, a, and then a big old chorus at the end. This song is a little different in that it's like a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, a bridge, and then another verse you get a third verse after the bridge of the song and then you get another chorus to to close it all out and i think this song is how long is this one it is 5 minutes and 14 seconds which is long but it does not feel long like you want oh, no. to keep hearing more verses and like um yeah i don't know i this uh i i it's i'm having trouble articulating but i just love this song so much I think stylistically it's just arranged so well from the original um and uh it just is like i think a lot of it has to do with levon helms singing too oh, like yeah. he's just such a soulful i mean he's from arkansas and he sounds like it you know well, yeah because
0: it did, like it, it, i almost felt like it had like a little bit of like a i don't want to say bluegrass but like there was a little bit of a bluegrass totally. bluegrass like twang that mandolin yeah exactly in the song. okay nee, yeah nee, 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 nee. Yeah, and I, it, it, it's just, it's funny because I saw it on the set list, and I, I didn't know you know that the band had covered Springsteen, and so you know I'm, I'm I was driving somewhere, and it, it popped on, and I was like, this sounds like Springsteen. So you know this as a Springsteen song, I yeah okay. So I I grew up listening to Springsteen because okay. of my dad, okay, but I didn't know this song until my wife introduced me to the Nebraska that album, but so like I knew it as a Springsteen song and. When the intro started, I was like, "Oh, this sounds... Oh, is this a cover? Like, like this? this so what you the heck? recognized it too? I you recognized were like, oh, it right away. That. Cool. But you know, then he once he started talking about the Chicken Man, I was like, "Oh my God, this is this mm-hmm. is a cover I had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other cover of the song that I knew was Craig Finn's. I've um, never heard it. The Hold Steady." Oh, okay. They did cool. a cover a few years back. And, okay. And it's a really good one. But what's cool about this is the original one is very like somber. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you like dived into the story? No, not really.
1: Because I kind of told my own story about it. But right. it seems like okay, you know. So, so I'm so curious.
0: Yeah, I was doing a lot of research after, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, after you sent me this. And um, the chicken man was a Philly crime boss. Mm. Who got killed Okay, I think I I knew that Explosion There was all that And there was This whole flap About uh, legalizing Gambling And you know The DA was involved And all that stuff Um, But that whole Everything dies um, Is sort of like You know When things were dying Down in Atlantic City Like they were saying If we legalize gambling Like This will help Revitalize things This will help Bring things back Now the main character Is going to Atlantic City To get a job With the mob oh and so the Andy
1: says talk to a man last night gonna do a little yeah, favor do for a little him favor for him yeah 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 so he's something. like
0: <laughs> he's like telling his girlfriend like you know get dressed up pretty we're going to Atlantic City oh. I'm gonna go hook up and do some unsavory things whoa because trying to live like up and up isn't isn't making the money that I need you know and yeah. so what and knowing that story and then hearing this version like this is almost a more hopeful version mm-hmm. Springsteen's like okay is somber. It's you know things aren't great. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they, I'm doing something that they they really might not don't ever do. great. Yeah. You know things might not be good. But this version kind of feels like, okay, yeah, things aren't great, but I'm making a change. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it is more uplifting, which mm-hmm. struck me as odd. That's why I wanted to know like why you picked this version over the other ones. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, it's definitely because like this is the one I just I know. Um, but oh, that's cool. I guess I didn't know. I knew that there was some history of Atlantic City, like actual history about like the chicken man and stuff, but I didn't realize that the song was like about like written from the perspective of someone who was like going in yeah. to like, to, to like get kind of caught up in it. Who like, oh, that's lived, so cool. lived
0: in Philly and he was trying to escape to the coast with mm-hmm. his girl and making his life. Yeah. Totally different feel huh. to it, you know? Wow, I think about it so differently now. That's very cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that until, like, yesterday. Until you looked <laughs> it up. Yeah, um, yeah
1: I just, uh, man, I love the band so much. Uh, uh, the band is so cool to me because, um, again, they were a very recent discovery for me. But the way I understand it is they were, four of them, or the five or six of them were... Um, like, a, a session band. Like, they weren't necessarily... Their their first... Their primary thing was not necessarily putting out records and performing shows as the band. It was touring with Bob Dylan as his backing band. And, like, doing oh, stuff like that. that. Like, they were kind of like the wrecking crew, where they were like, you hired the band to be the musicians that's on your record. Band. Okay, yeah. And that's why they called themselves the band, because it was just like... God, that's I didn't what, know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and um, I think that's really cool, because I love... I do session stuff whenever I can like that. Like, uh, I don't know if you saw our friend Sydney Richards put a song out recently called, uh, green bottles. Um, I'll send it to you. Oh yeah. Um, I don't think I caught that. One. I, uh, played the drums on, that on that Man, song. Okay, so, so
0: I, I've been finding out like the last month or so that you've been playing drums for a lot of different acts. Yeah. And, like you, you do a whole lot more than I even knew.
1: <laughs> yeah, Riley Downs. I've been yeah. playing drums with her a lot lately, and I and I do like a little backing singing. And um, but yeah, like Levon Helm. From the band, he was the drummer, but he was really, like, the most recognizable lead singer of that band, too. Like, he's the one who's singing most of their tunes, um, and he was playing drums, which I like to do that. So, I think that's cool, and, yeah, and it's just so happened that, I mean, anytime you get musicians who are good enough to be session musicians, meaning, like, they get just hired to make records or hired to go on tour they're always going to be good enough to put out their own records and play their own shows. And I just like, I think it's really dope that they, any
0: musicians talented enough to like jump in on somebody else's work Mm -hmm. and do it justice. Mm -hmm. And you know the original person's like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. You know, know they're good. That's what makes a good session musician is someone who can
1: meet the artist that they're working for where they're at and, and get their vision from them and help bring it to, to life and put their own ego away. Okay. Like you have to leave behind your own, inf- you know, you, you want to have you know, they're hiring you because you are who you are, but you still, your primary direction has to be as close to the the person you're servicing's music is has to be as close to their vision as, as possible. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause it's um, not your
0: vision. It's theirs. No. Yeah. And
1: sometimes they'll hire you for your vision, in which case you give it, but really you should, you should assume that they have a vision and you're just there to mm-hmm. make it come to life. And, um, clearly the band was really good at that <laughs> and, uh, they did it themselves too. And, um, I, there is, um, there's a, there's a, a documentary, I guess you could call it, called "The Last Waltz." Have you heard of "The Last Waltz"? Y- it,
0: it, it's recent, right?
1: It, no, it's it's no? from it's from the seventies. Oh no! And then it's I, directed. Yeah, no. it's directed by. You might be thinking of "The Last Dance." The Bulls. Oh, the Bulls. the, yeah, yes, the Last Waltz. Is um, it was the band's last <laughs> basketball music, concert? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh it was the band's last concert before they broke up so they were like Program. breaking up and they did this last live concert i forget where it was it's at this really big beautiful theater and it was directed by uh martin scorsese it's like uh. an early work of his and um it featured uh so it was you know it was the band and then they had um van morrison came up for a few tunes they had um uh, Mavis Staples and like her so this was when she was From it was just Pa Staples and the what was their name? It was like it was basically like Mavis Staples and her sisters were like a band with their dad. Mm-hmm. And they were like they did like the weight with with the band and stuff. And like um it's so cool. There's I have never I've never actually watched it front to back, but there's a lot of clips on YouTube um, of this live performance that uh, you know was documented and Martin Scorsese directed, and it's just so powerful because you can see in the musicians, you can tell it's their last show as a group, and that they're like okay. hanging on to every second. Man, um, I'm gonna have to check this out. It's so good. It's so good. Maybe maybe I'll throw one on before before you head out uh, after we're done here, and we'll, we'll, we'll watch a song together. Because <laughs> uh, it really is so good. I just like watch
0: them sometimes for fun. Um, so, yeah. That's my set list. That's your set list. So, at one yeah. point, like you mentioned that you wanted to uh, cover this song. Mm-hmm. You're going to do... Mm-hmm. When do we get a, a Jeff Mills uh, cover set?
1: Yeah, this is... So this is definitely not Starting a song 82. <laughs> it's definitely not a song that, yeah, <laughs>
0: it's definitely not I'll a song of that, uh, by Jeff
1: Mills. it's not a song that Violet Crime would cover, just not. Um, maybe I could convince Riley to do it and we would, we would do uh, it together. Yeah. Um, but, and you know, people have asked me like if I'm ever going to like throw a solo show, I just don't have enough original music to do that. And I could throw a cover show, but um, ooh, I don't know if I want to give this away. I can't, I can't give it away yet, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you after we tell me later, (laughs) after the record button is hit, um, maybe there will be an opportunity for me to, to cover this song live. Um, so
0: yeah. Okay. Well, that was an awesome set list. Um, really good, like kind of a roller coaster of energy. Like I, I loved where you were going with it. Um, is there anything else you want to say about it? Before we get to plugs.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I is think it I, time for plugs? Yes, it okay. is t- Is definitely time for plugs. Um, no, I think that's it. I think, like, all these are... I think, let's just, like, go through it one more time, because it's just okay. so eclectic. Anthem Part 2 by Blink-182. So fun. I Wanna Be The One by Fun, Sunday Morning by Maroon 5, Wood That I by Hosier, and Atlantic City by The Band. It's just, like, so, such a <laughs> funny combo, but, like, it is really, like, that's, like a it's like, a great... Um, narrative of kind of my you know journey and development as yeah, a person. You and said musician. your personal
0: musical journey. Yes, you know. So
1: so yeah, that's it. It's
0: it's really great, man. Plug time. Yeah, it's plug okay. time. So okay. So what does Violet Crime or Jeff Mills have coming up?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot. Um, so uh, so this episode's it's Sunday right now. This is going to air on Thursday, um, March thirty first. April 8th at Martyrs, Violet Crime, my band, has a show we are headlining. It's our single release show for our newest single, Home. And we are playing with um, a really, really dope artist from Detroit, Jacob Sigmund. Uh, We're also playing with... Chicago band, OK Cool. They're our very good friends. We've been trying to do a show with them for a while, uh, and then um, another artist that we we know, um, uh, and I think you know Zach Heckendorf, maybe a little, a oh, bit. little bit, yeah. yeah. So Zach Heckendorf is, is also on the bill. I think he's like technically based out of Colorado, um, but I think he travels around a little bit. So we we've you know been sort of his internet friend for a while. <laughs> and, uh, it's about time we played a show. So yeah, please come out to martyrs on april 8th everybody it may actually sell out possibly so i would get a ticket ahead of time oh yeah would um, that line up yeah because i would hate to this has happened before where i've been literally sound checking and i got a text from someone like hey i'm trying to like come in but they said it's sold out and i'm like i can't help you sorry you <laughs> buy tickets early when yeah. you find
0: out about a show come on guys do
1: I, I do that by practice now just because even if it's like probably not going to sell out i still always just buy a ticket because then it's just like I've got it. I know I'm going. Just and if case, it does sell yeah. out, then I've got it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, I mean, so, you know, I have a couple shows uh, coming up with, with Riley. We're playing on April uh, 21st, uh, I believe at Montrose Saloon. Um, and then, you know, we have some sh- some shows coming up in May. No, no releases from Violet Crime uh, that have been, like, scheduled. We do probably plan to put out a single in May, uh, but we haven't, like, decided what day yet or like what what the release um you know extravaganza is going to be like but yeah we have we have two more tunes three more tunes that are still to be released so this year yeah (sighs) it's a good year yeah we've got four out so we will have put out eight songs um and uh, yeah, I mean, "Bad Habits" our first single for in, in you know that came out in October for you know first single in like two years. It's about to hit. It's gonna hit a hundred thousand uh, streams this week. Oh, it's gonna that's get there. so good,
0: man. I know. It's crazy. It's a great song. It's too. crazy. Thank you. And uh, a fun video too. If you haven't checked yeah. it out, do so now. <laughs> yeah, directed by Philip Good, um, and it's uh, featuring
1: Aya Ito, who's a Chicago musician, but we got her to uh, to act in the music video. And it's also featuring two of my coworkers. Kids, they're twins. <laughs> that's somebody I work with, uh, they've got two cute. little twins. It's, yeah, it's they're adorable. Fun, yeah.
0: so well, that's it, man. This has been really, really fun. This, is, yeah. Thank you for having me on, dude.
1: I, I'm, I'm glad we did this. Um, thanks for for coming out here. I know coming out to the city is a drive. Um, you come to the show?
0: I'm gonna try. April
1: 8th? Okay, cool. You're, you're I hope good. I see you there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, you're, you've become a great friend over the years. I, I just cannot thank you enough for everything you do for people like me. Um, this city and the musicians in this city, like you have filled a vacuum um, that needed to be, to be filled and you do it so well. And people love to know you and are lucky to know you. And um, <laughs> oh, I call you. <laughs> this this community of artists that I feel like you've built. I, I my, my, term is the children of shamey <laughs> that's what i that's yeah. what i call that's what i call us um and i hope to coin that a trademark blushing, it one day <laughs> so
0: um anything you'd like to to impart on on uh, me or the you listeners know, like, we... if you're a musician just keep making magic and if if you're a consumer like i am check out everybody that you can because you're gonna be surprised mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good talent coming out of coming out of chicago totally
1: Yep, and there's new bands all oh, the time. Oh, don't,
0: and don't forget to check out chicagosoundcheck.com.
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Follow Mr. Brian Shamey and all of his media outlets all over the internet. Um, he's a very busy guy. Um, he's got a lot of stuff out there for you to check out. Um, so that's it for this episode. And for the season. And for the
0: season. Oh, that's sad. So
1: I'm going to be taking probably six weeks off, I think, um, from doing this podcast. it's It's turned out to be... A lot more work than I I thought when I initially accepted this task. Um, But I have loved every minute of it. But yeah, I do need to take a few weeks off to uh, take care of myself. And my recording thing is saying low battery. So I think that's telling me I got to wrap things (laughs) up. That's a hint to call it quits. Thank you so much, Setless listeners, for listening to this episode, for listening to this season of the podcast. Thank you, Brian, for coming on. It was so good to hang out with you. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook and to listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for season one. Jeff Mills out.
0: This has been a production of Ox Audio. For more information on Ox and the Ox Audio Podcast Network, visit us online at oxchicago.com.